0: It's going.
1: Is it going? I think so. Is it going? Is it
0: going? Mmm. Mmm. Okay. Time for the intro. Intro. Hello and welcome to History Labour. Like I'm Dave Shea Bannerman. And I'm Martin Ian Almond. Martin. <laughs> Did you know the Australian military? went to war with an emu. Well, with emu's. Plural. <laughs> yeah, I didn't see this. Mm. Let's get into it. Right, this one is, uh, <laughs> um, this one straight, straight from the realms of, no, that never happened. This is straight from the realm. No, oh, one, one, yes, one. Right, to those who don't know, every time I knock the pop filter, which covers the mic, Martin loves to jump on it and count. I think I'm on about 12.
1: Yeah, that'll probably be my fifth. Now Martin's
0: on. Well, one that we're counting, so it's
1: 12-1. Oh, 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 so uh, are we restarting it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you started it, so... Fine, then. 12-1. Okay, then.
0: You're still losing. I am, in a big way, yeah. yours. Okay, so... Anyway. The Emu Wars, or the Great Emu War. Wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is one, absolutely. Um, This is like something out of... Rick, please believe it or not. It, well, yeah, I. I good. So say this actually.
0: Yeah, I say this. Um, well, I've said it a couple of times. I thought this was fiction. Again, I thought this was something that someone had just made up. But uh, no, apparently it did happen. So the Emu War, or Great Emu War, was a nuisance wildlife management operation involving the Australian military taking place in Western Australia in late 1932.
1: A nuisance wildlife operation. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to get more into that, it. The one they, way of saying the, I just want
0: to kill some birds. They went all out. All out. Um, we're gonna. If you've never heard of this, you're in for a wild ride right? because I thought this was... I love this one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I did. I, I know. Do you know the more I researched it, the more I was laughing. I'm sorry. I know it's it's probably not funny, but the more I was I was cracking up.
1: Yeah, but the vicious stuff.
0: Oh, they, they are. They're
1: horrible. The vicious. They're
0: horrible bird team is. Um. Just like angry versions <clears> of ostriches. Yeah. So the whole reason that this happened is because, um, after World War One, when large numbers of Australian veterans were returning hmm. back to Australia. Um, the government gave them land to take up farming. Um, you know, to to increase the output and give them something to do. And okay, well, they, yeah, they're they're some that, there's some land going to be farmers. That's fine. There's some
1: land go and be farmers. You know, you, you you just fought in one of the most brutal conflicts in human history. So. Go and chill.
0: Yeah, but uh, being a <laughs> basically, fa- well, being a farmer is far from chill. Um, uh, well,
1: yeah, that is that.
0: It was a good idea on paper, but the land wasn't very fertile. It wasn't very good for farming, and the work was, it was backbreaking and you know hard. Yeah. <clears throat> so anyway, they're plodding along for a couple of years, and then next thing, buff, the Great Depression, the Wall Street Crash, nineteen twenty nine, oh. all that. Um, I did try to. So to look look into that and get a bit more background on that just
1: to round it up, but it's that it, there's a lot to that. Yeah, there's a there's a lot to the Wall Street crash in nineteen twenty nine, and and uh, maybe it's, maybe it'd be an episode, maybe
0: maybe not. I don't know if it's interesting enough to people. Um, I think
1: a lot. I, I think oh, a lot of people do know. They know about they? about the Wall Street crash and yeah. the start of the Great Depression and stuff like that, but. Could be one of those where there's factoids that people yeah. might not know about. So it could be something that we could look into and well, as a possible <clears throat> possible episode in the future. Maybe. But we're not
0: promising anything on the on the Wall Street crash because you know there's loads of info out there. Hmm. And yeah, there you go. Um <clears throat> right.
1: So what happened after that? So after the Wall Street crash and the veterans getting the farm and the the land for the farming and it being backbreaking work and everything like that. The ground not being that very fertile. They were promised help in the form of subsidies from from the government, so money to help keep the prices of commodities like wheat, say for instance, stable. Yep. But as in all things like this, the government didn't follow through on the promise, and the wheat prices began to fall and kept falling and by October 1932 things had gotten that bad that we farmers in Western Australia were getting ready to harvest the crops but refusing to deliver them it literally just wasn't worth the while they weren't going to make money on it
0: yeah so okay we're sitting here talking about and just before the government not following through on a promise imagine that
1: it's so very, oh, very unusual. Uh, that's a very unusual <laughs> one, that, isn't it? Never, it's not like that. That's not like that ever happens. No, that. They no, always, they always they do always what they're going they, yeah. yeah, they always do what they're going to say. Absolutely. <clears throat> anyway. Anyway, after that <clears throat> line of um, sarcasm. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, we're sitting here talking about farmers and wheat prices and Western Australia. We said at the top of the episode, emus. So... We will get to the emus, but we've got some emu facts at the minute. Six to be in fact. Six to be exact, yeah. To be in fact. To be in fact. Six facts to be exact. Um,
1: That's
0: what I was going for. Is that? It didn't come out the way I wanted it to. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so uh, the emu is the second largest flightless bird after the ostrich. Demon birds. Yeah. Um, they're endemic to Australia, which means they're only naturally found there. That's different to indigenous. Now, this confused me a little bit. So indigenous is meaning a creature is found in one place, but also others. So And endemic means it's
1: from that place. Yeah. So the example I thought of of, of indigenous with pigeons. Oh, good. and a good example of that would be which what we were talking about before we started recording the episode, dingoes. Dingoes. Dingoes, yeah. And I only found, do you want to know how I actually found that out? Go on, do tell. I was listening to an episode of The Mariner's Mirror oh. the other day going to work. Okay. And there was a, a gentleman on it. I can't remember his name, but he was in India. I think it was about 20, 18, 20 years ago, something like that, he said. And he was he was, he was, was chairing a conference. He was the head of it and everything. And he was giving a speech. Not a speech. He was doing a talk on the area that he's a, an expert in. Hmm. And as he was walking through the area that he was in, he was like, he seen these dogs and he was like, looking at them. And he's a native of Australia. And he was like, they're dingoes. They're dingoes. And even he didn't know that bead come from India to Australia. Wow. I didn't I know like, that. I was like, oh, well, I never knew that. Because you think ding- you think of a dingo, you think straight away Australia.
0: Excuse me. <coughs> You okay? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. A little bit of drink went the wrong way, um, down the wrong hole. After one. Um, but yeah, I didn't know the dingoes were actually from India. How
1: yeah, that? I, I didn't know that. I wow. <clears throat> but you see, like say for instance, you see a news report from like rural India or something like that, and you you see these dogs in the background, like yellow yellow tan tan coloured yellow coloured dogs. Yeah. And then you you'll see something from Australia with a dingo in, and you look at it and go, it's the same thing. It's the it's it's the same thing.
0: I've never, my mom, my life. <coughs> I'm very sorry. I've never clicked on. I'll be honest with you. Um, but okay, so I'll give you the last fact, and Martin can do the next three. Um, brown, soft. got brown,
1: soft feathers and a long neck. So like an ostrich, then. Yeah. <laughs> Evil birds. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> I can't get rid of that, sorry, just hang You got a tickle in your throat? I do. <clears> throat> tickle, tickle. That's better. Right. So he has a bit of his drink and then he goes for his vape. And he has a tickle in his throat. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the most. Anyway, come on. <laughs> Three facts. Right. Come on, let's go. Emus can grow to 1.9 metres or 6.3 Feet in height. That's tall. That's tall. That's as tall as. Tall than us. Tall, well, it's taller than me and Dave. Yeah. I'm a short ass. <laughs> they can travel. can come travel. <laughs> they can travel. Dr- <laughs>
0: He's struggling with this one.
1: They can travel great distances. a hey. And they can sprint up to 30 miles per hour or 48 kilometres an hour. I didn't know that, actually, that last
0: one. I knew they were tall because I've seen them mm. in real life. And they're, they're just horrible. I don't like them at all. Ugh. No. And they look at you like they want to kick your head in. They do.
1: That's because they're frigging vicious. They
0: do. They look at you like they want to beat you up.
1: They, yeah. They do. They give you an evil look and like, i going to have you, lad. No, I hate them. I, hate, I don't like them at all. Um... <clears throat> But, the whole reason, well I wouldn't say the whole reason for this, but I would say one of the mm, starting reasons for the, the Great Emu War was emus migrating to the coast from the inland inland areas began to cause major problems.
0: That's the one, because we cleared land and water sources put in by farmers for livestock, as well as the abundance of food, the wheat. Um, the emus decided they liked it. We like it here. Yeah. And they began to wander onto the farmland. Um this was especially I love the place names. This was especially problematic in places called Chandler and Walgoolen. Walgoolen?
1: You've got to love Australian place names. <laughs> Walgoolen. See, I actually thought that was Chandler Walgoolen and <clears throat> one, no, one no, name. No, it's two places, yeah. So, um but yeah. But that that name was awesome. <clears throat> Well, there's
0: there's another one, a better yeah. one coming up, coming up in a little bit. Um, yeah, apparently the emus destroyed crops uh, by eating them and left big holes in the fences, allowing other pests, rabbits in particular, to get into uh, to get onto the land and cause even more damage. And we're going to just deviate a minute now and tell you about something called the rabbit fence.
1: So, what is the rabbit fence? What's the big deal? I mean, they're only rabbits, aren't they? No, they are the only How rabbits. How much damage can a rabbit do? Right. Ooh. Quite a bit of turns out. Quite a bit. Shock, a shocking amount of damage, mm-hmm. apparently. So in Australia, rabbits are a big deal, especially in Western Australia. So much of a big deal, in fact, that is a one thousand one hundred and thirty-nine mile, and that's one thousand eight hundred and thirty-three kilometers long rabbit fence. That runs north north to south across the state. And this, at one time, was the longest unbroken fence in the world. For rabbits. For rabbits.
0: I mean, for other pests as well, but mainly rabbits. Um, yeah. And rabbits were a significant part of species loss in Australia, as well as causing much environmental damage. And they eat everything. Um,
1: totally just.
0: Impacting on natural resources and, of course, crops.
1: Uh, they became such a problem that in the 1950s the government introduced the my uh, okay. They introduced the mixoma virus. Oh, okay, right. Okay. Which causes myxomatosis. Okay, so the mix the myxoma virus, which as David's just said, is called causes myxomatosis. And uh, it was introduced, and it worked for a while until the rabbits became immune to it. <laughs> And after a while, they were breeding like, <laughs> well, like they do, like rabbits. And the populations were soon back up to almost unmanageable levels.
0: So, yeah,
1: it got to such a problem that they
0: actually started killing the rabbits off with the myxoma virus. Um, and myxomatosis apparently causes, um, well, kills rabbits. That's mm. I don't know how it kills rabbits. I didn't look into that too much. Well, it does.
1: to be fair. If it, doesn't, I, hope, make... I
0: mean, I hope it's fairly humane. I'm yeah.
1: hoping it's humane as well. But by the sounds of it, the way they were breeding, it could have been a s- sterility virus,
0: maybe. Maybe
1: that's maybe it could have been that. I,
0: I, I don't, but no, know, I, I, I think, to be honest, from the brief um little look I had at it, mm. I, th- I think it killed them off. I think.
1: Well, let's hope it was humane.
0: I, I hope it was humane. Anyway, I know they're pests, but they're still, you know, pests. No, no need to Pain. cause them unnecessary suffering. Pains it? in the ass, rabbits. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the emu. Back to back to the devil birds. Yep. Um, a group of farmers representing the larger farming community of Western Australia uh, went to see the then Defence Minister Sir George Pearce. Um, being war veterans, the farmers were, were aware of the effectiveness of the machine gun. Now, this was still relatively new back then. Don't forget, this is only nineteen thirty-two. Mm-hmm. So, machine guns weren't as commonplace as they say, as they were say, once the Second World War happened.
1: Well, to be fair, even Jordan, even at the outbreak of the Second World War, I wouldn't exactly say like machine guns were. Quite prevalent,
0: no, and they were still quite specialised at the time. Mm -hmm. So you had to be trained properly to use one,
1: because it was the machine gunner himself and a loader. Yeah, kind of like how sniper teams work now. Yeah, with the 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 sniper sniper and the spotter. spotter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So still quite new and specialised at the time, Um, and they asked for some. Pierce agreed, but he did put some conditions with this agreement. So fire Um, away.
1: The conditions were one. The farmers themselves would not get the guns, they would only be handled by serving soldiers. 2. The Western Australian government had to uh, finance any transport needs, paying for diesel and any repairs to the vehicles used, and 3. The farmers had to pay for the ammunition themselves, as well as provide food and accommodation for the soldiers deployed to help with this problem.
0: So, basically, it's the government saying, we'll help you, but we're having no financial... We're having nothing to do with it financially. Mm, you've got to finance this yourself.
1: You're paying for it yourselves. Here's the, gun. Here's, here's, the guns. here's the guns. Go and do what you need to do. Yeah, but our soldiers are using them. You're not. Yeah. Um, Even though you're veterans, no.
0: Yeah. So, Pierce also, the Defence Minister, Sir George Pierce, he also believed it would be good target practice uh, training for the soldiers, um, but others believed there was a bit more to it than this. Um, others believed it was a way to be seen to be helping the Western Australian government, as many believed that uh, there was a success. Se- I can never say this. A, a secessionist. Se- a secession oh. movement brewing in the area, so they wanted to break away mm. and become their own thing. A um, secession. 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 I don't think that's what you say it. I think
1: so S-succeed. S-succeed. They want, they want, they the government to for Western Australia want to sus, wanted to secede secede from the main the main d- d- being part of Australia basically <clears throat> yeah, because Western, be Western Australia was only a state
0: mm. so a bit like say um, California is only a state mm. and California wanting to secede from the United States which I think there was a couple of things a couple of movements over there wasn't there to do that not necessarily California. Um, I think the South I think wanted that,
1: to... If you're talking about the American Civil War... Well, possibly. But no, that was over <laughs> something else, wasn't it? Well, yeah, it might be. It, it might, might be. be. It could be mm. getting yourself a little bit mixed up with the American Civil War. There, right. Okay. That's an entirely different kettle of fish. 100%. We're not even going there with this one. No. Um, <clears throat> we do like our tangents, but that's too big of a tangent <clears throat> to go down. we would be here for days. Yes. <clears throat> um So, yeah, apparently... Especially with the French connection.
0: Well, let's just stop there. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, apparently many believed that there was a secession movement Mm -hmm. growing in Western Australia, um, and this was a way the government to say, look, we're helping you, we're helping, we're helping, we're doing this. We're doing this. Um, Uh, And they even even employed a um, cinematographer cinematographer, uh, from one of the local movie companies.
1: So maybe a bit of... uh, A bit of propaganda, maybe. Let's bump up the government and have a little bit of propaganda. You know, you know what we're doing, kind of thing. Let's
0: make the government look great. No, um,
1: don't we look good with giving everybody Lewis guns? <laughs> no. Right. Daka, daka. So, <clears throat> tell us about the military involvement, go on. The military involvement, right. The military involvement was supposed to begin in October 1932 under the command of Major Gwynedd Purvis Wynne Aubrey Meredith. That's a name, is it? That's a mouthful of the Australian Royal Artillery's 7th Heavy Artillery. Now, Meredith commanded Sergeant S. McMurray and gunner J.O. Halloran, yeah, J.O. No, yeah. Halloran, J. O. Halloran yeah. armed with two Lewis machine guns and 10,000 rounds of ammunition. However, the operation was delayed due to rain, which caused the effect... <laughs> Which caused the offending emus to scatter over too wide an area. Now, by November 2nd, the rain had stopped and the troops were deployed to assist the farmers. According to one newspaper account, they were uh, tasked with collecting 100 emu skins so their feathers could be used to make hats for light horsemen. So they were going to be used?
0: You're gonna put put the, the, the hides to
1: use at least. Yeah, they were gonna put the hides to use Fair to sure. use at least and the feathers. Yeah. at my plumage.
0: <laughs> How often do you get to say plumage?
1: In everyday conversation? Not that often. <laughs> I have a nice plumage. Do you like my plumage?
0: Right, that is your mission. Next time we go out, you need to work plumage into, into the conversation. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was just walking to walk into a shop and going, "I'm looking for a hat."
0: It must have good plumage.
1: It must have fantastic plumage. Yeah,
0: that's your, that, that You need to work that into a conversation <laughs> with the stranger next time we go out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd probably get looked at and be like, you all right there, scouse." Yeah, I'll
0: tell you. Rich. <laughs> right. So, up to 50 emus were spotted at a place called Campion. Now, the soldiers attempted an ambush but failed. The birds scattered into smaller groups, making them more difficult to target. And later that day, a smaller flock was encountered and the soldiers, scored in their first hits, killing maybe a dozen of the birds. You okay? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, on November 4th, uh, Major Meredith set an ambush near a local dam. With around 1,000 <clears> emus spotted heading for the site. The soldiers waited until the birds were well within range before opening fire. The guns jammed, however, and again. There were only maybe 10 to 12 birds killed, with the rest scattering.
1: They're really not having much luck with this, are they? Not going well, is it? No. (laughs) 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 So, in the following days, Meredith decided to move the operation to the south, where he'd heard the birds were reported to be more tame how the hell can an emu be tame don't know it is a devil bird (coughs) Mm. it literally it will literally like peck your eyes out rather than look at you i know don't like don't don't like emus do you no no i don't either no horrible birds. but there was limited success there as well one army observer noted now this 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 made me giggle this really made me giggle (laughs) right one army observer noted, each pack seems to have its own leader now
0: this before th- this actually happened these are actual quotes from an actual event that actually took place okay this, this, we, are, this, we are we are not making this up. this
1: is not a work of fiction this th- is a work of
0: check the calendar it's not fact. april fool's day it's not april fool's day we are not We're not making this up. It's not a wind-up. It actually happened.
1: We're really not, but this is so funny. I shouldn't laugh. I really shouldn't. Oh, right. So, as I said, each pack seems to have its own leader now. A big, black-plumed bird, Plumage. Plumage. Which stands fully six feet high and keeps watch, while his mates carry out their work of destruction and warns them of our approach. (laughs) <laughs> so they're, they're starting to
0: organise. They're starting to get to get themselves sorted out. The emus now. This 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 next one had me. Okay, so that one got Martin, but this next one got me. Wait, yeah, here it is.
1: Sorted this one. Oh,
0: Meredith even mounted one of the guns on a truck. Now bear in mind, at 1932, it wasn't able to keep up with the beds, and the ride was so bumpy the gunner couldn't hit anything anyway. It was, <laughs> It was reportedly hit by a kamikaze emu.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Fancy! And crashed crashed into a fence. So that went well. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I I can literally just see this emu running across the field, running across across the plains of Western Australia. Little white headband on. Little white (laughs) headband on, just like... (laughs) Uh, I was going to say arms out wings out at the back just like (laughs) bonsai into the sides of the truck and the guys are just like what the fuck so at at this point the
0: emus are winning I couldn't cope um, I couldn't cope with this go go off by November so we're six days in now November 8th what happened
1: right by November 8th, 2,500 rounds had been fired, with reports on feathery casualties varying wildly from 50 or less to between 2 and 500. Meredith felt imprudent to note in his official report that his troops had suffered no casualties. <laughs> oh, oh. on the same day following discussions in the Australian House of Representatives negative reports in the media and a small number of EMUs confirmed killed, Pierce withdrew the soldiers along with the guns he said
0: right that's it it's not working, come come back that's
1: enough, come back (laughs) (laughs) so after after the withdrawal Meredith compared to the birds to the African Zulu warrior tribes, commenting on the striking maneuverability of the birds, even when wounded, and stating, if <laughs> if we had a military division with the bullet absorbing capacity of these birds, it could face down any army in the world. They can face down machine gun fire with the invulnerability of tanks.
0: Robo emus? So the emus are they're basically just not I
1: hope to God help Paul Van Hoven doesn't doesn't listen to this and get an idea for a new movie, Robo Ebu. <laughs> well the, f- the the future and <clears throat> the future of war fighting. <laughs> right,
0: so the first attempt was an absolute bust, failed. Um after Didn't the withdrawal you think? Yeah no, they have lost a the truck, they've fired all them rounds and got nothing to show for it. They've been given the run run the run around in the desert. Um you know my life, not doing well. The
1: guns jammed at the dam. guns jammed. They got they got
0: rained off, you know. <laughs> um, oh, it's, it's easy to, you wouldn't, you couldn't write this, could you? No, you re- you really couldn't, unless you were there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So after the withdrawal, the emus continued to attack the crops, and the farmers once again requested assistance, claiming that the hot weather and drought were major factors in bringing the birds back, attacking farms in their thousands. So this is becoming a real problem now. So the the emus have mobilized. It looks like they've got they've organized, they've organized mm. the war. That's it, the great emu war, <laughs> the great emu war, um, round two. <clears throat> so, James, Mi- James Mitchell, the Western Australian premier, uh, strongly supported renewing military assistance uh, at the same time, the commander of the base the soldiers were originally deployed from, first time. Um, released a report claiming that no less than three hundred emus had been killed during the, during the initial six day operation.
1: So to be fair, that's a that's a lot that's of emus. It's
0: not bad. It's not bad. I mean, we're, we're, we're taking the Mickey out of them, but you know, <laughs> fair enough. But you know, it, it's it, it's amusing. I can't help it. <laughs> I know it was a serious event, and at the time, it's I'm sure e-musing. it was deadly serious. But it was, you know,
1: you missed that then, didn't you? Go
0: on. It was. It's amusing. Ew!
1: <laughs> that was a foul joke. <laughs> oh, that was a bit poultry, to be fair. Oh, to. Mate, <laughs> come on, stop it! God!
0: I <laughs> 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 think things that make us laugh, you know. Uh... Um,
1: right. <clears throat> <Rachel, laughs>
0: based on that report off-the-base commander, the farmers renewed pleas for help and the pressure from Mitchell. Pierce, Defence Minister, did eventually agree to a second operation on November 12th. Um, he defended his decision in the Australian Senate by saying the soldiers were necessary to combat the serious agricultural threat posed by the large emu population.
1: And um, with methods of saying that the military agreed with the same conditions as before... And Meredith was once again put in charge due to an apparent lack of experienced machine gunners in the state. So, so, as we said before, the machine gun was still quite new
0: um, and you had to be specially trained on it. Yes. Um, And just to run over those conditions again, where am I? Um, The farmers wouldn't get the guns themselves. Um, the Western Australian government had to finance any transport needs and the farmers had to pay for the ammunition themselves as well as room and board for
1: the soldiers. soldiers okay, yes. just a quick, quick reminder. Yeah. yeah. So, deploying on November 13th, 1932, <coughs> the military claimed some success in the first two days with some 40 emus killed. Day three wasn't so good, but by December 2nd, the so- soldiers were taking down approximately 100 emus. Per week.
0: So they got their act together by this point then?
1: Yeah. They yeah. got that iron with the Lewis guns by the sound <laughs> of it. Yeah. Meredith was recalled on December 10th. His report claimed 986 emus killed with 9,860 rounds fired. So that's more or less... Well, that's exactly 10 rounds per bird, isn't it? 10 rounds per bird. So you're you, you 40 rounds off the 10,000 rounds that they were allocated. the lewis guns yeah so they basically expended all that ammunition yeah um additionally he claimed that around two and a half
0: thousand birds died as a result of injuries
1: um okay so assessing the success of the call a newspaper called the this is the other name i like the cool guardy cool guardy The Coolgardie Miner reported that although the use of the machine guns had been criticised in many quarters, the method had actually proved successful in saving what was left of the wheat. Words of the operations eventually reached the UK, where some some conservationists called the cull an extermination of the rare emu birds, Hubert Hubert? Hubert Whittle, Uh, sorry. Hubert Whittle, an eminent Australian ornithologist, called the war an attempt at mass destruction of the birds.
0: Right. So there's people sitting thousands of miles away in England who aren't affected by this, whose livelihoods aren't being put at risk by these Mm. birds, saying, oh, that's terrible. Oh, they're trying to exterminate them. I think, you know... You weren't there, man. You You weren't there. You weren't there. You don't know. Fully what's got, you won't have got the full story.
1: No. From
0: here, word of mouth, travelling from Australia in 1932. No, you probably would have only got
1: the sens- sensationalised media
0: exactly, version
1: of it. Exactly.
0: So, I mean, that annoys me that because these, we're, we're laughing, but we're laughing at the soldiers because they're emus. And <laughs> we're not laughing at the farmer's plate because that was quite serious. Mm. They were losing their livelihoods,
1: they were losing their crops. To these things. No, that's that's not a laugh, and that's matter, not funny. The, the, that's not funny at all. But the, the, the I just the thing that's funny to me is the fact that they went to war with birds twice it, and lost, and lost. It's the I'm sorry, soldiers but that's, just, that, that, that's just funny. It's the soldiers
0: running around the desert trying to shoot these
1: birds. That just, it, the
0: thought of it just tickles me. I'm sorry, kamikaze E B S. How was that? <laughs> I couldn't breathe when I was reading that. Honestly, wow. Um. <clears throat> okay, so the operation. Was deemed a success, yeah, even can't... though it really wasn't. It no, was deemed a success was... by the Australian government. Yeah, we did it, yeah. we did our job, we did what you wanted to do. Except that in 1934, um, 43, and 48, the farmers went back to the government for help with this problem and they were refused. Um, the government re- instead restarted a bounty program that had run in 1923 with get this. Now, they should have just done this to start with, I think. Yeah, to be fair, I'm um, gonna agree with that. Because this number now, let's compare one nine thousand, what was it, nine thousand um eight hundred and sixty yeah. with soldiers with machine guns. Mm-hmm. Okay. Soldiers with machine guns. Over a six-month period in nineteen thirty-two. No, nineteen thirty-four. Sorry, nineteen thirty-four, with this bounty system running, fifty-seven thousand. And a 34 30 <clears throat> bounties were claimed
1: in a six month period. So that's
0: the farmers just doing it themselves. Yeah. Just going out with p- presumably shotguns.
1: Mm. Mm. I wouldn't and, be surprised if it was shotguns or it was like. Uh, that, that, well, whatever it was. Rifle or something like maybe, that.
0: Maybe. Yeah, maybe. rifle. Yeah, hunting rifles. Um, but so they, 57,000 over six months, and the army managed 9,000 in,
1: what was it, just over a month. Just over a month. Wow. It just, show, it just shows maybe if the farmers had been given the machine guns themselves... Maybe, maybe. The problem would have been sorted a hell of a lot quicker. Absolutely. Because um, it seems to me that <clears throat> it, was, it was just a cascading... It just seems like... Ser, it's A cascading series of errors and failures. It just sounds like an action comedy film, doesn't it? It, it, it does. And that leads us nicely
0: into... into this next little bit, because it is going to be uh, made into a film.
1: and uh, It's being written by John Cleese. as that Rob Schneider? That's Rob Schneider. And Monty Franklin. And it's set to begin production sometime this year. In 2023. <laughs> when i seen that, that, I I nearly wet myself laughing I've seen that. We have to see that. I need to see this film. I, I need to see this film. As I said to you when you were, we were talking about it on WhatsApp the other day, I was like, I've got to go see that film. Absolutely. I've got to go see oh, it. Or it,
0: and if John Cleese has got anything to do with it, it's gonna you know it's gonna be meant.
1: Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if one of the emus actually talks. <laughs> well, I wouldn't go that far like but No seriously about well, saying that, but it's it's John Cleese, you don't know what he's, what no, he's gonna do. do no
0: you? idea. who do you think are gonna play Meredith? Um who would you like to see play Meredith?
1: Someone with a bit of gravitas. You think, mm. definitely someone with better gravitas because he's—he sounds like the the kind of man that's like not like oh bully and everything like that. He's—he he sounds like he's a hard man, Don't but play. he knows he knows what he needs to do.
0: Okay, but well, fair enough. All right. So, any picks for who he's gonna mm. who's,
1: who 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 you think should play him? Who would you like to see play him? Who I would like to see playing will probably be Anthony Hopkins, but I know that probably won't happen. Yeah,
0: that might be a little bit of a problem. Um, I can't think
1: of what I'd like to see. To be fair, maybe an Australian actor. Obvious, yeah. Obviously, <clears> obviously. <throat> well, I, I mean, with a guy like Gwyneth mm, Welsh, I, you know,
0: Welsh I Australian, I couldn't find any information on him. Um, you know, he might have been
1: born in Wales and over to it could have been. Well, for all we know, well, yeah, he could have. He could have been born in Wales and emigrated. Yeah. Or his family, his mum and dad, could have emigrated out there and he was born there. Yeah, we don't know. We don't know. Um, But it's a very strong Welsh name. It really is. Um, Okay. Gwyneth. 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 I think that's everything. I I, I do actually think that's everything for the the, Great Emu War. The Great Emu War
0: of 1932. Again, we promise you, it's not fi- You can go and look it up yourself. It's not fiction. This is. <laughs> this, was, this was an amusing. <laughs> this was this, an amusing. This was a good one. This was a good one, to be fair. Okay, right. <laughs> Shall we wrap it up? Yeah, I think we should wrap it up, actually. Thank you very much for listening. If you're still with us, appreciate that. Hope you enjoyed that one. Again, like we said, we promise it's not fiction. You can find more episodes of History Labour on Amazon and Spotify.
1: Just search. History Late Bear, Martin, where else can people find us? You can also find us on Facebook. Just search, again, History Late Bear, and you'll find us. We're there. Woo! And you can also find us on Bannerman Productions on YouTube. Yep. As just... David is uploading previous episodes to YouTube with a little yeah. bit of a visual flair. Yeah, a little bit of visual flavour. Um, flavor, and... Forever, flavour. <coughs> and
0: I, although it's not yet started... I am just going to say production blog at com. it is coming I promise yes um, yes. having said that that is it for episode 8 of the emu war well, it's the
1: emu war episode it's episode 8 of history laid bear. yeah I know but you know yeah. it's like episode 8 of history laid bear, the emu wars I enjoyed that one I <laughs> did as well
0: <laughs> and, <laughs> so guys thanks very much for listening and we'll see you next time
1: Take care. I nearly forgot my I nearly forgot my line, man. <laughs> I nearly forgot to sign off. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Bye everyone. Bye. <laughs>